Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we are back to cover the Ducks after their, well, interesting road trip, I guess, is the way we could put it, Eddie. The uh, We talked about this road trip. The Ducks uh, ended up uh, getting, uh, you know, five points out of eight. Kind of a roller coaster, uh, I guess you could say, uh, within each game, really. So we'll cover all these when they uh, did their uh, West Coast swing of Canada. They played Calgary. Uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and uh, Vancouver. So we'll talk about these games. We're going to talk about the games coming up here uh, as the final uh, week in a couple days comes up. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about Troy Terry and all that news. We've got some fan questions. We've got a little bit of an update on Cogliano as well as he was nominated for an award again. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> and um, like we said, we'll go through all that as usual. So Oh my God! It, what a mess this last week and a half is. If you're a Ducks fan, you're 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 probably maybe you're drinking a little bit more, maybe you're um, grabbing whatever you're holding right now a little bit tighter. I you know I don't know how to explain this last week and a half. It has been crazy, Eddie. The Ducks win a couple games, lose a couple games. Um, they're in the the heat of it. They're tied with the Kings. They're going to play the Kings on Friday. That probably the biggest game of the season. And uh, what a weird road trip, Eddie. They started out this, uh, you know, trip in Calgary. They didn't play well in the beginning. Uh, Andrew Cogano got a shorthanded goal. Uh, Kase and Lindholm got some goals. Boschman had a goal later on. The Ducks, they ended up, you know, starting out the road trip with a win 4-0 over Calgary. But it wasn't really the greatest game to start the trip. Um, they had no Manson in this game. As, uh, as you know, he was injured before in that game against the Devils. Um, they ended up winning this one, Eddie, getting two points, but kind of a weird start to, the, I guess, the road trip and then, of course, the subsequent games afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it was a weird road trip and disappointing, but they still they still picked up five out of a possible eight points, so you can't be disappointed, I think. If they had played well and they came out uh, and they, they had a 2-1-1 one one record, you would have been like, oh, okay, well, I'll take it. I, I mean, especially, the, you know, you pick up points in, in three out of four games. You know that's kind of what we expected, at least uh, a little bit from this road trip. When we were when we were going into it, I know when we previewed it, we said that you had to beat uh, Calgary. Edmonton was going to be a tough game, but still, that that's uh, considered a game you should be winning. Vancouver was a game you should be winning, and we'd be happy if they picked up one point against Winnipeg. And all of that came true, of course, except for the last game against Vancouver. But it, it just was it's just, every game was a mess I, I mean they, yep. they really were I mean they, they, we'll start with the Calgary game because that was the the first one that's kicked everything off and you know if you looked at the score you would have thought oh wow the Ducks must have dominated this game they won four nothing you know a, a big win a good start to the road trip and two out of those three things are true because it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a good game they didn't dominate they had 16 shots on goal the entire game Calgary had 29 John Gibson stood on his head and Calgary really controlled the play from the outset. And they, they actually got better throughout the game. Uh, and, and obviously the Ducks ended up winning the game 4 to nothing. But it was just... I don't know how to explain this game. I mean, I guess they were lucky. And a lot of it, again, goes on to goaltending. And John Gibson had another strong game. But, you know, you, like you said, Cogdano, Kasha, Lindholm, Boschman, all getting goals in this one. And um, 
you know, when you get dominated in the shot attempts like the, the Ducks did, you're lucky to come out of it with a win, let alone a 4 nothing win. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the first two periods in this game, they were outshot 23-11. to 11. I mean, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. it didn't look that good, you know, and we... We had the watch party, by the way, at El Ranchito. We had a lot of people there. We had a lot of fun. We gave away uh, free T-shirts and whatnot. We're looking to do another one. Uh, cross your fingers if the Ducks make the playoffs. <laughs> we're looking to do another one in April. But even the people there, we were all like, what is going on with this team? They're getting outshot. Uh, like you said, I mean, the opportunities came the Ducks' way, and that's that's really why they won this game. I mean, Cagliano makes a great individual effort shorthanded. He scores. Uh, you know, Kasha, Lindholm, great plays as well. And, I mean, the Ducks had very few opportunities, but they cashed in on those, and they built that 3 nothing lead going into the third period. But, man, I mean, like you said, they only got 16 shots on goal. Um, I guess the best part was they won the faceoff battle in this game. I mean, that's the only real <laughs> you, thing you, you can look at. now for something. I know. That, uh, I know. To, to get it was, it was terrible, Eddie. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, Mike Smith won this game for the Ducks, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, the first goal was a turnover from Dougie Hamilton. Not much that he could do. and It, it was really a breakaway in Calgary's own zone for Cogliano. He's one-on-one with Mike Smith and, and made him pay. Andre Castro's goal, great effort to, to get pull off the spinorama, but yeah. a, weak, a weak shot, really, and it, it squeaks yes. five-hole on Smith. And then Lindholm's goal caps it all off. Nobody's screening him. He's going the wrong way, and Lindholm kind of fools him with uh, shooting it to the other side, and, and he goes in on a blocker side. Uh, I mean, you have to give Mike Smith some credit if you're a Ducks <laughs> fan, and, and that's number one a big star. Reason. Yeah, number one star. <laughs> exactly. He's a he's a big reason they won that game because the Ducks just didn't look that good, and it kind of continued into the next game as well. Yeah, I mean, I, you're right. In this, this game, the way it went, I mean, some mistakes, you know, by Smith, which was kind of surprising because, you know, when when Smith played at Arizona, I mean, he had some pretty good games against the Ducks. So, yeah. you know, the, I mean, the Ducks were able to pull it out. Like you said, he got some opportunities. They cashed in. Mike Smith kind of messed up a little bit here and there. So the Ducks came out of this one, you know, for nothing. And like you said, if you didn't watch the game, you're like, oh, yeah, the Ducks kicked their you-know-what. Well, no, yeah. they didn't. They really didn't. If you watched this game, they did not. But anyways, they, they, they start off the road trip with a win, playing subpar. So you're like, okay. They go into the next game, the game you and I said was going to be the most difficult game, the game against the Jets. And holy smokes, the Ducks, yeah. I mean, they, they, they get a power play early. Derek Grant gets a goal. It, it, the Ducks looked okay in the first, you know, five, six minutes. And then after that, it <laughs> yeah. was all Winnipeg. Winnipeg oh, blew the doors off the Ducks. They outshot them in this game 42-18. to 18. They won the faceoff 63-37. to 37. I mean, granted, there was no gets off in this game, too. He had flu-like symptoms. Uh, no Manson still. But the Ducks really got blown out of the building, Eddie. Um you know, the fact that Richie got that goal in the third period uh, and forced the overtime was huge. But, I mean, man, if it wasn't for Gibson in this game, the the Ducks really didn't deserve uh, any points. How many times have we said that this season? If it wasn't for John <laughs> the Gibson, well, the Ducks wouldn't have won this game or gotten a point out right. of this game. Right. Because, I mean, look at the two goals just to start. Like, Grant, that's a tip in. Not much Hellebuck can do on that one. Right. Uh, you'll take it where you can get it. And then Nick Ritchie's goal, that's a, a bad mistake and a bad goal to let in for Hellebuck. But you can't blame him. The guy only had faced, what, like 15 shots through the entire game at that <laughs> point. So it's a one that squeaks through. The Ducks get lucky. They're able to hold on somehow and get a point out of this game, which is huge. I mean, you'll take it. it it's against yeah. the Jets. And 
know, this was tagged as a measuring stick game, and uh, I mean, it essentially was that because the Ducks just didn't measure up to what the Jets had to offer. I mean, the the Jets are in that category of elite teams up there with Nashville and Tampa Bay and Boston. So, I mean, I guess this is what you could expect it, but I honestly thought the Ducks would put up a, a little bit of of a fight. I mean, you had I think Getzoff Getzoff was back in this game, I believe, or was he still out? No, no. This this was the one where he had the the right. uh, the okay. like symptoms. Yeah. So Getzloff and Manson were both out for this game. So it, it's understandable. But I think even with them in the lineup, the Jets still would have dominated this game because they were they were obviously the better team. And you know you you, you got to give the credit to John Gibson again. You know, I'm I'm looking through some of the, the clips from this game. Some of the saves he made in this game. A couple toe saves here and there. A couple of breakaway saves. I mean, he just does his best on a nightly basis to keep the Ducks in it. And you'll take a point out of this game when you get out shot forty-two to eighteen. Yeah, the only thing that the Ducks did do decently is they had twenty-four block shots in this game. Yeah, that's the only thing that well, they did to help <laughs> keep them into it. Yeah. But I mean, good God! I mean, they still, like you said, they had to lean on Gibson in this game. And and when uh, Kyle Connor scored in overtime, the Ducks lost. I honestly, I wasn't really that upset. I was like, yeah. you know what? I'm happy we came out of here with a point because. Basically, for almost the entire game, the Ducks got – they just got manhandled. And, I mean, it's just frustrating. Like you said, no Getzloff, no Manson. Okay. But, I mean, we've played the Jets before, and the Ducks have played them pretty good. So, I mean, we knew this was going to be a tough battle. Obviously, the Jets and Nashville were fighting it out, you know, for the top two spots in the Central Division. But if you saw this game, I mean, you, you would have thought the Calgary game was nothing because, I mean, Winnipeg really controlled this game. I'm sorry. They controlled it for all probably 55 minutes of this game. I mean, after yeah. the first five six minutes, it was all Jets. It's identical to the the Calgary game, except Calgary just couldn't capitalize on their chances, and yep. the the Jets did. I mean, they only got two, of course, before overtime. So that's all the credit in the world to John Gibson. But it's really a carbon copy of that game where the Ducks just didn't have anything going for 55 minutes of that game, other than the first couple minutes where they were able to pot a goal, and that was that was pretty much it. And, you know, it was a trend that continued. Uh, I mean, you know, they they do get a win in the next game against the Oilers, but they didn't look yep. great for nope. most of that game either. No, you're, you're absolutely right. In this game, you know, they did outshoot the Oilers. They did win the faceoff battle. Uh, they weren't able to convert on the power play. But, you know, you looked at the first two periods, and the Ducks got down 3-1. to one. Uh, Your favorite player, Connor McDavid, if you're a Ducks fan, uh, you know, he's been tearing it up. He scored. Obviously, Madsen came back in this game. He got one. Uh, Getzloff was back in this game. But the Ducks were down 3-1 to going into the uh, third. And uh, the comeback on Catella visits Rogers Place, I guess, is the way I can call this game. Because in the first six minutes, uh, Henrique and Perry score. All of a sudden, it's a 3-3 game with 14 minutes to go. Um, Calgary scores again. You think, oh, great. Now the Ducks are going to lose. But no, Henrique comes Excuse me. Henrique comes back. He scores. And, uh, you know, they force overtime and, and Lindholm scores. So it's like the trend continues, Eddie, uh, with Edmonton blowing these leads against the Ducks. The Ducks end up winning this game, getting the two points. But, I mean, they did not show up till the third period in this one. No, and, and uh, this is the only period I feel like they showed up in uh, on the entire road trip. And <laughs> the only reason they won this game, I mean, they had 38 shots at the end of the game. 22 of which came in the third period. Yeah. I mean, they were getting dominated up until that point, and, and Edmonton was full credit for their 3-1 lead. And they finally decided to show up. I don't know if Edmonton was tired. I think they'd played the night before against the, the Kings as well. So you could see a little bit of tired legs coming into play. 
Uh, and, and the Ducks definitely get some credit to tie in the game up. They almost won it, too. I think Raquel had a chance in the final uh, minute of the game on a little bit of a breakaway, and uh, Talbot was able to stop him. So they almost won it there, uh, and, and they finally get to overtime. And, and honestly, this is how I felt going into overtime because McDavid already had two points on the night. He was <laughs> one goal shy of 40 goals and one point shy of 100. I mean, the script was written that he would score a goal in overtime, and he'd get his 40th goal on a 100-point on, on the same play. But the Ducks had other plans. I mean, people were people were upset with this outside of the yes. Ducks community, the way the Ducks handled OT. If you didn't see it, they spent about the first minute and a half of overtime in their own zone, uh, yep. I guess, awaiting, Keep away. waiting. Yeah, waiting for Connor McDavid to get off the ice pretty much. <laughs> um, they had a, a full, I think it was, I can't remember who started overtime. I think it was Kessler's line started overtime. And by the time they finally got out of the zone, the Ducks had already made a change, and Getzlaff and Raquel and Lindholm came over the board, so they didn't even get any offensive zone time. And then uh, Getzlaff gets it over to Raquel. Raquel digs around Getzlaff, gets it to Lindholm, who pots it in for the OT winner. The only shot of overtime, the only time <laughs> of possession in in the offensive zone for the Ducks, and they're able to get a goal. But it's just a weird play. But I mean, you'll take it, right? So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. I thought it was smart the way that they were keeping that puck away. I'm like, yeah, keep it away. Make wait till he goes to the bench. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it was good strategy there by the Ducks, and obviously it paid off. But God, like you said, you look at these games. You know, three games in a row here, and I mean, you look at the nine periods of play. I mean, a little bit of overtime here and there too. I mean, really, eight of those nine at least regulation periods were not that great by the yeah. Ducks, and I mean. It's kind of scary. So, I mean, they ended up getting those two points. They, they they came back. They beat Edmonton. I guess Randy Carlisle chewed him out in the locker room between the second and third period. We don't really know what was said, but there's reports out there that he pretty much <laughs> lit him up like a Christmas tree yeah. and went off on them. And so, you know, whatever it was said or done in between the second and third, obviously it worked because, like you said, they came out and dropped 22 shots in one period, which – why can't you do that in other periods? But anyways, they they were able to do it, you know, like you said, and they, and they kept the puck away from McDavid in overtime, won this game. So you thought, okay, the Ducks didn't play well for three games. They got five points out of six. You're like, okay, not bad. We're good. We're in third place in the Pacific. It's all good. You know, we got Vancouver going there. It's the last game. Yeah, we're going to take these guys out, right? No. The Ducks go – they go into Vancouver and – Oh my God, Eddie! I, I'm yeah. so disappointed. They go in there. They they don't play that well against them. Um, you know, it's one to one going into the third period. So so some of you I know at home were thinking, okay, you know, they came back against Edmonton. They had a great third period. That you know they were able to at least get a goal and tie in the Winnipeg game in third period. So you're thinking, okay, maybe they'll be able to do something in the third period. And holy smokes, it doesn't work out, Eddie. Instead, Vancouver scores three goals, and we lose this one four to one. Yeah, and uh, it's it's disappointing because <laughs> I I mean I, it's it's tough to talk about because you know, we've we've all gone over this game multiple times already and talked about how disappointing of a game this was. But the the Ducks just didn't have anything going. I mean, the second period was better, and it, it was probably you know it, it, you're talking about they they had one good period out of nine. Maybe you could argue that the second period in this game was was a period that they they played well and maybe not dominated, but they played well at least in the second period against the Canucks, and threw it all away in the third. It, it was just yeah, it was just awful. I, I mean, the the Ducks had barely any scoring chances the entire game. 
Uh, five on five, they had one high danger scoring chance, which is awful. And through an entire game, I mean, Vancouver had eight, which is still pretty low, and the Ducks had one throughout the entire game at five on five, which is is no way to win a game, especially against a team that's in the bottom five in the National Hockey League. And yes, teams love to play spoiler at this time of year. I think Vancouver had beat Dallas two nights before four to one, but. Like, this is the game. If we had to peg one, it's probably the easiest game of the road trip. This was probably yep. going to be it. And yep. some people talked about, you know, fatigue at the end of a road trip and guys are ready to go home. But you can't. You just can't do that, nope. especially against this team. The Ducks didn't come out to play for the entire game. Maybe pick some stuff up in the second period. But Cogliano's goal was lucky. I mean, it hits off the stanchion. It comes right out to him. He's got an empty yep. net. Other than yep. that, the Ducks didn't have anything going. And I, I, it's probably, in my opinion, because of the timing of it, because of the standings right now, the Ducks' worst game and worst performance of the season because this was a game you should be winning. If you win this game, you pick up two points on L.A. and, and with that extra game in hand that they had, now they're tied and they sit behind L.A. because of the, the row. And now you come into this game against Friday. If you lose, there's almost... I mean, there's not no way of catching L.A., but it makes it extremely difficult because it, it's now it's a massive four-point game, more than it would have been if you had that win against uh, the Canucks, and you put yourself in a very difficult position. No, I mean, you're absolutely right, Eddie. This game against the Kings on Friday is probably the game of the season for the Ducks because now with that loss to Vancouver, both teams have played the same amount of games. As you said, the uh, regulation or overtime win – uh, which is the first tiebreaker, if you didn't know. The Kings own that one. So the Ducks need to win this game. And even more so, they really need to win this game in regulation against L.A. too because after that, you've got four games to go. I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I don't know. This is huge, like Titanic huge. Yeah. I, I don't know how, how big we can talk about this game. But, um, I mean, it, like you said, I think that was the biggest thing. Is not just losing to Vancouver was so huge, but the Ducks would have had that two-point cushion. They could have still lost to L.A., and it wouldn't have been a big deal. Now you're in a position where if they lose to L.A., it's going to be iffy. It depends on what happens in these couple other games, a couple other nights here leading up to the Kings, but they may not be in control of their destiny after that because you've got a few other teams that they're fighting out with. If you're looking at the standings and seeing what's going on, you know, you've got obviously Colorado – You've got St. Louis. Those are some teams. They're also they're going to be playing some games here before the Kings game. So, you know, we'll have to see what happens until the until the Ducks uh, do play that game against L.A. But regardless of what the other teams have done, I've said it on social media and you've seen it, the Ducks do still control their destiny despite this road trip. I mean, if they beat L.A. in regulation, there's a very, very good chance that they, you know, can go on and make the playoffs. I mean, the Ducks also still have to play Colorado. Colorado also has to play the Kings. So there's a lot of stuff going on. But, I mean, like you mentioned, Eddie, it's, it's just terrible. You don't want to go into this game tied and they have the tiebreaker. I mean, this is a, the, I, I just can't emphasize this. This game is so big for this, this team to, to win. Um, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, this last game against Vancouver, you, you had the big news of Troy Terry getting signed. He had that entry-level deal, which was a three-year deal. He did play in the Vancouver game because he played in that game. Now his deal basically is a two-year after this season. Um, we had some fan questions about, you know, what do we think? Uh, George asked about him and how we think he played. And, you know, obviously, is he going to play a role in this Kings game? Um, what do you think? I mean, this is a big game against L.A. You you, you brought in Terry. He played on the third line with uh, Kase. 
and Henrique, and now they're going into this game against the Kings. What did you think about how he played in Vancouver? Do you think he should play in the Kings game? Kind of just go over all that, Eddie. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on with the Ducks here in this, these couple days leading up to this game. Yeah, you know, I, I want to quickly grab get back to the standings. We will talk about the, the standings sure. a little bit later. I just wanted to mention one thing because of, of what time we're recording this right now. The Ducks sure. could actually find themselves out of a playoff spot if Colorado uh, beats the Philadelphia Flyers tonight, which yes. is uh, which is ridiculous. And, and we'll get yep. into that later. I just wanted to mention that because I was I was looking and I got a notification that the, the Avs game is about to start, so I wanted to to quickly mention that. But but back to to Troy Terry, I I think he looked okay in the game against Vancouver, which is difficult. And, and based on how the Ducks played that game, nobody really looked that great. He played just over 12 minutes, had two shots on goal, was one of the few Ducks who was uh, on the even side of plus-minus, which I, I hate plus-minus as a stat, but uh, right. it, it does a, it, you know it, it shows a little bit of, of how he played on that night. Um, you know, he made some good plays. There was a play he made where he uh, dangled around a couple of Vancouver players, went behind the net, and got a pretty good shot off. So he looked like he's a, a very uh, smart hockey player. He's got some, some very good hockey sense. All that's there. It got bullied a bit. Uh, he took a big hit yes. from Viega. So it was like a, a kind of like a welcome to the NHL hit is what we said on the post-game show. It's <laughs> like, you're in the big leagues now, kid. Like, you're, you're going yep. to get some of these hits, and you're going to be targeted a bit if you're going to try and make some flashy plays. But I, I don't know, honestly, if he's going to play against the Kings because it'd be such a Randy Carlisle move to put in Chris Kelly back in the lineup and, and exactly. take Terry. Yep. You know, I, I think the kid deserves another chance. It was such a bad game overall by the entire team. It's really hard to judge what kind of impact he can have. I, I would like to see him play against LA King. Somebody had brought up that he's always been a big game player. You know, we all remember the shootout in the World Juniors. Uh, yep. He's had some big goals and big games in college for Denver in the Olympics as well. He played very well. Of course, the NHL is a different story, but... I, I think it would be, it'd be beneficial. I think putting him back in that line with Henry Concussion, seeing if some things could work out, maybe even bumping him up and, and putting him higher in the lineup if they want to do that. Uh, I know it's tough, especially in such an important game and like a season-defining game against the Kings. Uh, but I just don't know. Uh, I mean, if, with Randy Carlo, you never know, especially with the young kids. Uh, in my opinion, I could see him sitting just because of Randy Carlisle. But he had some high praise for Troy Terry before the game, talking about uh, he likes injecting young players in the lineup and, and that he thinks Troy Terry can bring a different element that they haven't seen yet. So I don't know. I'm honestly on the fence. I would love to see him in, in my personal opinion. I just really don't know what Randy Carlisle is going to do. Uh, I agree with you, Eddie. You know what? You, you already brought him in. You played him in that Vancouver game. You burned the first year of the ELC. You know what? Just play him. I, I that's what I'm I'm at the point now where you already did you already you know did what you were gonna do and yeah. you put him in there I, I I say do it right now um, I say go for broke the the Ducks have got to beat the Kings yeah maybe you you want to bring in Chris uh, Chris Kelly or maybe J T Brown whatever whatever you're thinking I, I, at this point I don't really care I I say just go go all in at this point and this is something too that you know some people have talked about well oh the Ducks should just miss the playoffs. You know, if they lose against the Kings, who cares? Let's just, you know, get a higher draft pick, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, it's F that. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, we want to beat the Kings. I'm sorry. Yeah. We want to beat them no matter what, period. 
and n- knock them out. Like, you know, they didn't make it last year. I don't know if you saw some of the stuff that Bailey was tweeting and my, my buddy that runs the Ducks fam account. He put out some funny tweets too. So <laughs> you check it out. He's going to go with me to the game on, on, on Friday against the Kings. So uh, obviously we want to at least beat L.A. But um, I, I would go for it. I mean, like you said, he, he made some plays and stuff. Um, my only concern with him is size. Obviously, but yeah. I mean, we've all mentioned that before. I think the skills there, I think the speeds there, I think the hockey smarts is there. So I think you've got all that stuff. So I would still roll with him if they don't uh, put him on the Henrique line. You know, like you said, maybe they mix it up or not. But I'd give him another shot. I say forget it. Just go all out. Put him in there. See what he's going to do. You've got everybody else ready to go, and, and see what happens. Um, yeah. You know, so I know some people were kind of like, well, Terry got pushed around and blah blah blah. Well, so did Paul Correa, and yeah. we saw how Correa did. Now, I'm not saying Troy Terry is the next Paul Correa, but yeah. I'm just saying that based upon his size and his skill set, you can see some parallels there, and I think he's going to be fine. I mean, he didn't look that nervous to me, Eddie. I mean, he came out his first game. He only did the morning skate with the Ducks yeah. on that day, and he, he played a decent game for the, what, 12, 13 minutes he was in? Yeah, I mean, you made a very good point, too, about the fact that they've already burned a year off his ELC. What's the point of not playing him? I, I mean, yep. you brought him in, obviously, because the Ducks are in a, in a battle because you thought he could help your team. You, you didn't bring him in uh, to just give him a trial. If that was the case, they would have sent him down to San Diego and waited till next year to keep yep. that extra year. I mean, you brought him in to make a difference. You look at other teams who brought in some college players lately. We've already mentioned Boston bringing in Ryan Donato to make their, their team better for the playoffs. He's playing because they think he can make their team better and they want to make a long run in the playoffs. And there's no point, and and if you're we're only gonna play him for that one game against Vancouver, no matter how he did, he could have done very bad yesterday. If that was the case, I would still say right. play him because what's the point? I mean, you've you've now burned that year. Yep. Give him all five games. See what Hell he yeah. Do. What's what's the yep. point? I mean, it's it's better than having Chris Kelly in the lineup. No, I'm not trying to wish uh, you know say anything bad about Chris <laughs> Kelly. It's he hasn't moved the needle. And right. uh, at least Troy Taylor has that ability and that, that game-breaking quality where he can make things happen. We've seen that in the World Juniors. We've seen that in the Olympics. We've seen that NCAA. You saw that in brief flashes in the game against Vancouver. You saw yep. the skill that he has. And I feel like it's just him getting a little bit more comfortable. The team obviously playing better as a whole will help him out. That's you know for sure. And maybe give him a little bit more opportunities. You know He's got that first game under his belt. Maybe giving him a little bit more than 12 minutes in this next game. Maybe popping him on the on the power play on the second unit if you want to do that. I mean, he definitely deserves to be there over, over some guys. So I can see that maybe being a, an interesting spot to put him in as well. And I, I think he's he's going to prove a lot if he can get in this game against the Kings. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think that they should put him in there. Let's do it. See what he's going to do. Um, I, I hate it. But I, I also agree with you on the other thing. I, I could see Carlisle saying, eh, they're playing the Kings. They're a bigger yeah. physical team. You know, I don't want to put in a smaller forward, blah, 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 blah. So I wouldn't be surprised that he doesn't play in the game against the Kings. But I think you and I are in agreement that if you and I were coach, we'd be like, forget this. Throw him out there. Let's see what he can do because this is a big game. And then after this game, I mean, the Ducks got four more games out of this. We got Colorado. Another big game. You got Minnesota, who most likely is going to make the playoffs. You got Dallas, who's pretty much not going to make the playoffs. And you got Arizona, who's who's out of it. So we've got five more games to go, Eddie. But really, these next two are huge against LA and Colorado. 
Yeah, and and you know you do play these two teams, and it's funny how the thing how the season works out, where you know you're fighting with essentially these two teams to get in, and you play both of them, and and you have your fate in your hands. But not yep. only do the the Ducks play these two teams, Colorado plays LA as well, and yep. and you know that's kind of a good slash bad situation because one of those teams is going to drop points, which is good. The only way, in my opinion, that it's a bad situation is if they go to overtime and both teams pick up points. That's when yep. it gets to be. Yep. A bad situation, but if one team wins in regulation, you know you, you get hurt because that one team picks up two points, but the other team doesn't. And right now, the, if you're the Ducks, if uh, LA wins and Colorado loses, that still helps you because you gain uh, points on that Somebody. final card team. If yep. Colorado wins and LA doesn't, you pick up points on LA and you, you move closer to uh, clinching that third spot in the Pacific. So I think that's beneficial as well. Colorado, uh, you mentioned to me they play St. Louis as well, which is another type of game like that. If one of them loses in regulation, that that helps the Ducks. So I, I think that's kind of a good thing that they're they're playing these teams and they're they're all kind of playing each other this late. But you know, it, it all means nothing if the Ducks don't pick up two points against both of them. So you know, that's. You know, I I haven't. You look back in the last five seasons, the Ducks really were never in a position like this, because no. they've won the Pacific Division title the last five years, and yep. it's never been an, an issue trying to get into the playoffs. This is the the most exciting, the most important games they've had in the regular season in a long time. The games that mean the most, and it's great. It's fun to watch, but it's nerve wracking as a fan because we we look at this team, and I don't think a lot of us have full confidence that they'll be able to come out and play a game uh, against the Kings and get a win or against Colorado. I mean, we just don't know right now because you have performances like they did on this road trip and it makes you worried. Yeah. I think the biggest issue really is the beginning of the game. The first 20 minutes, you look at these last four games against Calgary, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver, not good. I'm sorry. Being realistic. They, they have not started those games. Well, they played so, so in some of the second periods, they had some better third periods in some of these games, but if you're if you're gonna come out against LA and be flat footed in the first period, look out because you know they're trying to make the playoffs too. It's gonna it's gonna be tough, you know, um, no joke. And I mean the way it looks too, you know, um, if the Ducks do make the playoffs, the other question is is how far are they gonna go? And that's why some people are like, eh, you know, let's just lose and get out. And, you know, so Alex asks us, you know, how far will they go? Well. Here, here's the situation. You look at the standings now, and obviously, depending on when you listen to this, if you listen to this on Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever, but um, the way it looks right now is it looks like San Jose is going to lock down that second spot. I mean, you know, maybe something could happen. But the case is this. If the Ducks do beat the Kings and they do uh, go on to lock down third, they're going to play San Jose. If they lose to the Kings and somehow manage to get one of the wild cards, they're going to play Nashville or Vegas. I mean, let's be real here. And you and I talked about this on a couple of the other shows before. That's going to be tough. Yes, the Ducks did beat Vegas the last time. But still, a seven-game series against Vegas or Nashville will be tough. I, I, my opinion is I think if the Ducks can at least beat the Kings, get into the third spot, I do think they have a chance to beat the Sharks and at least get to the second round. Uh, now, if they end up in the wild card, I, I wouldn't hold my breath. I, I'm sorry, but... Nashville and Vegas seven game series scares me. So yeah, I, I really hope the Ducks can win this game on on Friday against the Kings, Eddie. I think if they do play the Sharks, I do think they have a chance to beat the Sharks and get to the second round. And then you just you just go from there. Yeah, I mean, right now we we got asked a question I think two shows ago, if the Ducks, if you'd rather the Ducks miss the playoffs 
or, or like miss the playoffs or, or lose out in the first round. And I think we had answered saying if we knew they were going to lose in the first round, you'd rather have them miss the playoffs and try and get a better pick. And But that was two shows ago. That was that was two weeks ago. There's a lot more games to be played. If the Ducks had lost a lot of their games, they would have fallen farther down and got a higher pick. At this point, you might as well just get in. I mean, you know, if the Ducks are going to miss the playoffs, they're probably going to finish in that one spot right outside the playoffs, in that ninth yep. spot. In, yep. the, in the Western Conference where, you know, you, you, you get in that spot, you're picking around 15 or 16, depending on how the Eastern Conference standings are. And if you get in and lose, you're picking around 17 to 20 if you lose in the first round. There's no big difference. At least you had a shot at going farther in the playoffs. I'd rather have a chance at going farther than losing, uh, than not even getting in and, and having that shot. I think it'll be tough. I, I mean, we talked about... I think even last show before San Jose had gone on that long eight-game winning streak, I think they were just starting it at the time. You know, we were all saying we'd rather play San Jose over Vegas and Nashville, and now it's looking like uh, you don't really want to play San Jose either because they've just been <laughs> looking dominantly. I mean, Van Kane, I, you know, it sucks to hear this because we were supposed to be in on him. He's been great for yep. San Jose. Yep. Uh, no issues uh, outside, uh, off the ice for him. Uh, he's just been great on the ice, and... They've looked like a completely different team with him. Martin Jones has come back and has played some some solid goaltending for them. So so they they just look good. And and now you've got Vegas as well. They're continuing to just coast along. Nashville's doing the same, looking dominant. You don't want to play any of them, but you might as well get in and, and have a shot because I think we still believe that this team up their their play ups in the playoffs. I feel like they're a team that's still built for the playoffs. I don't necessarily know if they're built to beat a team like San Jose, Vegas, or Nashville. But goaltending can take you a long way in the playoffs. It's taken the Ducks a long way in the regular season already. And I think if John Gibson can continue his play, they could get through the first round and maybe surprise some teams in the second round, depending on, on how banged up they get, especially if you're looking at playing Vegas. And, and you know, I, Vegas right now is looking at those two teams that could potentially finish in the wild card and maybe L.A., St. Louis, or Colorado. And, and I don't think they're too happy about having to play them either. Yeah, like you said, win and get in. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's what this team has to do. I mean, of course, anything can happen. Uh, absolutely. And the Ducks, I think you're right. If they're going to make a, a run in the playoffs, two words, John Gibson. I mean, he is the one that has saved this team's, you know what, a lot throughout the season. Obviously, uh, Ryan Miller's helped out too. But as of lately, I mean, you look at some of these games, man. I mean, holy crap. I mean, he's been the one that's been standing on his head doing all he can. And, yeah, there are a couple games he gave up three or four goals, whatever. But, I mean, when you have no forecheck on the offense, you know, I mean, it's kind of hard and you're defending all the time. You give up 30, 40 shots against and your yeah. offense is only getting you 15, 20 shots. I mean, hello. So, to me, it's the offense that's it's the biggest issue for this team. If they get in the playoffs – that's what's going to have to, you know, turn it around. And and it goes back to the point you and I talked about by putting in Troy Terry and letting him do his thing. I mean, l- let him do it. Just screw it. Go for it. I mean, y- your other options are JT Brown, Chris Kelly. They haven't really done much for your team so far. Not, no disrespect to either one of them. But I'm just saying, hey, you, you got him. Try him out. You know, I, I mentioned on Twitter one of the other guys, uh, Aaron, who was laughing. He he came up with a thing. Eddie, you'd probably laugh at this. He called him the shiny new Troy. Uh-huh. You know, if you got a shiny new Troy, well, why, why don't you try him out? I just thought that was pretty hilarious. But it's true. Yeah. I'm. You already burned that first year. Put him in there. Screw it. Go yeah. for it. You know what I mean? I See mean, what he yeah. can do. 
The the Ducks' so. ideal lineup right now is having that those first, second, and third lines plugging yep. Terry in on that third line, uh, and then I honestly think they need to bring JT Brown back in the lineup. I I, would, I like him too. Yeah, I would I would love to see a Nick Ritchie, Derek Grant, JT Brown line. Yes. And look, of course, who are the two guys that are left out, the two acquisitions that we got at the deadline in Chimera and Chris Kelly just have not been great. And and what a nope. surprise that is that they haven't been great. <laughs> uh, we called that one. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe you can still, you know, you can still put Chimera in for JT Brown and, and it's serviceable. It can, it, you can still have that function as a fourth line. But I think having Grant Ritchie and JT Brown would, would be an actual fourth line that, that could match up well against some other fourth lines in the National Hockey League. And, and then just having Troy Terry with his speed and skill on that third line really complements Henrique and Kasha. So I, I think that's the ideal lineup for them. And, and maybe they'll find a way to just things will just click in, in the playoffs. You never know because Perry always ups his game in the playoffs. Getzlaff, if he can, always ups his game. I mean, he's playing out of his mind already. Uh, but he'll find a way to up his game. And then we need that. We really need that Kessler, Coglano, Silverberg line to get going. Um, and, and you know, what more than playoff hockey to, to spark a team's offense and get things going? Like you said, you just got to win and get in, and anything can happen. You know, anything can happen if the Ducks get in. You never know how far goaltending can take you, like I said. Nashville's a great team, probably the, the favorite for the Stanley Cup right now. Winnipeg is a great team. We, we saw that firsthand on this road trip. Vegas is a great team. Look at having to beat possibly teams in the, in the Stanley Cup final in Tampa Bay or Boston or even the Leafs. It's it's not easy, but it's never easy. If if you're gonna make it to the Stanley Cup final, it's never an easy route. And um, I, I think they can make some noise if they get in, but something's got to change up front on offense. I mean, somebody's got to get going to, to to spark this team. Yeah, absolutely. And the Ducks have five games to go. Like we said, they're playing L.A., Colorado, Minnesota, Dallas and uh arizona at the very end i mean it's still there they still control their fate obviously the hugest game of the season uh with these last five to go is against la and then the next hugest is uh, you know against uh, colorado uh, if they win both those games i mean you and i talked about if they win both of them they could probably <laughs> lose the last three and still make it uh given that la and colorado do play each other not that you want to have that happen but that's where they're at right now so you know this road trip I don't know. Just very, very weird road trip. I mean, they were able to get five out of eight points. They didn't yeah. play well in any of the games. Like you said, Gibson was the one that they had a ride to do all this stuff. Um, but it's going to be interesting, uh, this final uh, you know, seven, eight, nine days uh, of the NHL season to see what happens. A lot is up in air. Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out? Um, I, I'm with you. I, I still think this team can make the playoffs. I still think that, you know, like you said, you get in. Anything can happen. Um, I don't like some of the opponents that they may face, but I mean, you can't really worry about that right now. You just gotta play this last, uh, you know, five games, and like you said, turn around the offense. I, I think uh, putting Terry in there on the third line, like you said, even putting Brown in on the fourth line, getting some energy in there is what they need to do, and just go from there. And and maybe it is, it is Gibson that they uh, rely on that. Uh, not only gets them in the playoffs, but maybe it does get them past a couple rounds. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. They've relied on him all season, but they've, they've got to support him if they're going to make a long run. I mean, that's what it, what it comes down to, really, is this offense is going to have to pick it up. And, you know, they're bottom third of the league throughout the entire season. And, and I, you know, a lot of that does 
fall back on the injuries at the beginning of the season, but you can't stop using that as a crutch and saying right. that's why this offense is so bad. You know, the last road trip just shows that they weren't great in any of the games. The only time the offense really shone was in the third period against the Oilers. And and they really looked like everything was clicking and things were going well for them. And that was pretty much it. I mean, even in the Calgary game, they won the game 4 nothing, but it wasn't a great showing from the offense. It really wasn't. So there's a lot of things they need to fix, but, you know, we, we want them to get in. I think everybody wants them to get in. I, I've, I have seen some people say, hey, you might as well just miss out. And I, yeah. I think people just want to avoid the disappointment of losing in the first round. And I get that. I mean, nobody wants to lose in the first round, but at least you had the shot. I mean, you don't want to be that team. It's never fun to be that team who missed, who's just missed out. And one of uh, Anaheim, St. Louis, L.A., or Colorado are going to be that team. And yep. no, nobody wants to be that team. I mean, it's a crazy race. I haven't seen it this tight between four teams in a while. Especially with the Ducks, they haven't been here in, in a long time in, in a race like this. So it's fun and, and nerve-wracking and scary all at the same time. But the, the good thing is that they have the games against two of these teams. They have destiny, essentially, in their own hands to get into the playoffs. And all they have to do is just win these two games. And, and it's it sounds easy, but you win these two games, you're not necessarily in. But you put yourself in a very good position going into those final three games of the season. Absolutely. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, Eddie Richard asked us a question, you know, what if they don't make the playoffs? Do you think there's any changes that the Ducks should look into? And, you know, honestly, I don't really think it's that, Eddie. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, you, you mentioned the injuries earlier in the season. That's stuff that's beyond your control. Um, you know, obviously the whole thing with Patrick Eves, that's all crazy and that going on. And, 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 you know, he's still out. He's been practicing individually, but he's not, he's not really joined the team yet. So he's still a big question mark. Um, I, you know, I, I don't really think there's a lot of changes. I don't really put this, I don't put it on Carlisle's head, maybe a little bit on Murray's as you, as you touched on, you bring in Shamir and Kelly that really haven't done a lot. You know, the trade deadline was pretty much, I mean, if you followed us, you know we were on there live for five hours of super exciting breaking news of Chris, Chris Wagner getting traded. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe you put a little bit on Murray. But, I mean, you know, if they don't make it, I, you know, I, I still think they can come back next year and have a good season. I just think that, uh, you know, if we reflect on the season and they come up short, you know, there's just a bazillion – I'm not making excuses, but there's just a bazillion things that have happened this season that unfortunately just didn't didn't work out for the Ducks. No, and I don't see too many changes in the offseason. I I feel like there should be some, but based off Murray's comments, it feels like he thinks that this team is a lot better and that if they have a full, fully healthy start, that they will be a better team. And and yeah, some of that is true for sure. But I think they need something in this offense to to make it a little bit more scary for teams to match up against. You know, whether that be pursuing Patch Ready in the offseason or not, Mm -hmm. it's very difficult because. Most of these guys, if not all of them, are going to be back. Uh, everybody yep. on that first line's back. Everybody on that second line is back. You would assume everybody on that third line's back. I mean, Cash and Richie still have to be re-signed, but I, I really feel like they are. Maybe then you demote Richie down to the third line or to the fourth line. That may, might open up a spot for Troy Terry permanently at the start of next season. Although I think his development would be better served of him starting the season in San Diego and seeing what he can do down there in the AHL, I feel like that's a better shot from him rather than just thrusting him 
into a full-time gig with the Ducks right out of right out of college. Um, so then that might open up a spot for the Ducks offense, and maybe you get somebody through free agency. Maybe you get somebody through through a trade at the draft. I don't know, uh, but it just those Murray comments from, from the Athletic always stick in the back of my mind. How he really yeah. feels like this is a better team than the way they're playing, which. Yes, I agree they'd be in a better spot if they had started the season fully healthy. But it doesn't mean that the problems that they're facing right now aren't problems. I mean, they have everybody healthy right now, and they're still struggling. So uh, there's, there's obviously, some, obviously some issues, and I feel like something needs to be done just to fill some holes uh, going into the next season. Yeah, I, I agree. And, I mean, it's something that probably, of, of course, when the draft comes up, you know, that's when Murray is more active than the trade deadline. So if the Ducks don't, Make the playoffs. Uh, I'd be on the lookout. I would say over the summertime, you know, something happens. You know, I, I, I'm not saying who would get traded or what would be done, but I would, you know, keep an eye on certain players, like you said, Pacioretty. Uh, you know, maybe something else gets moved around or something. I don't know, but yeah, there's some stuff that may get, uh, you know, shaken up a little bit, at least on the offensive side, come the summertime. So. Um, with that, I mean, really, it, it just comes down to this game against LA. The Ducks need to win. Um, we're going to have a podcast probably at the end of the season next. Um, that's probably when we'll hang out because we've got, uh, you know, obviously these four home games and the, the last game against Arizona. Uh, if you want to support the show, check out patreon.com. We had two people that just donated recently, Dwight and Daisy. So we want to give a shout out to them. Um, you can go on there. You can donate. Um, if you donated already, we've got things that are, are, are good to go. I've got uh, more foul towels lined up, things that I will be mailing out to you guys in a little bit. Sorry, I've been like busy with like my real real work, I guess, because <laughs> this isn't my real job. But um, we'll get those out to you. Um, and also, don't forget, check out the postgame show. Uh, you know, um, Patrick and Eddie are on there, the Forever Mighty FM on Twitter. Uh, we post out the links and all that. We put them in the re, uh, recaps and whatnot. They're talking about the games. They're doing it live on Spreaker. Uh, if you didn't see the links, we'll put it in the article that's associated with this podcast and check it out. They talk about you know everything after each game. So um, if you don't you know, get a chance to watch the game, listen to that. And, of course, we'll keep doing the weekly show. Um, Eddie and I will be back. Uh, hopefully, uh, when we're back, the Ducks will be in the playoffs. Right, Eddie? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we hope so, but I mean, after tonight, they, they could be outside of a playoff spot yeah. going into Friday, so you never know. I mean, there was that crazy night where they had an off day, and they were in, out, in, and out. Off. Yes. Like, St. Louis had won, they were out, and Colorado won, and they were back in or something, and then LA lost, and they were back into the playoff spot. It was, that was a crazy day. I've never seen an off day like that where they jumped in and out of a playoff spot. Yeah, they moved around like three spots, I believe, in one day. It was like they were third, wild card out, and then back in or whatever. So, But anyways, we'll be back uh, after these last final games, hopefully with some good news. And uh, we'll announce the winner of the tickets to the uh, the Colorado game. I know we did that little giveaway. We'll announce it probably the next day or so. And with that, let's go Ducks. <laughs>